0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Christmas Eve 2021. The lights of Christmas, light of the world.
1: Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. It is awesome to see you tonight. I just want to like look at every single person here. It's great you know what? Tonight, well, actually tomorrow night, but we're going to count tonight, is our Connection Community Church's birthday. We are 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm just wondering, I, this is very interesting. Um, I'm going to ask two questions. First, whoever is here who was on the original launch team, like getting us ready to start, please stand up. All right, look how much we've grown. Woo! Frank's in the back, I see you. Thank you for all the work and everything that you did to put into this. Now, everybody that was here in our very first year that helped us really go forward, stand up. It's a lot more of you. I think <laughs> Diane, yeah, you were there, you, like week three. Thank you everybody so much. What this tells me, is that Connection Church has grown leaps and bounds. We started with 14 families. That included children, so it was 40 total. And um, now God has just blessed us with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people connected to Jesus and the new life that he offers. And so we are so grateful for you. We do have something for each family as you leave tonight. Um, It's a 20 year commemorative ornament. So be sure to pick that up, one per family, on your way out. My name is Carrie Jones.
0: I'm Alan Jones.
1: And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're honored and blessed that you're here tonight. And those of you joining us online, welcome. Let's go ahead and get started with prayer. Almighty God, thank you so much. Thank you for bringing us here Tonight, to focus on you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into the world. Noel, look and see what God has done. Noel, Christ's child is born. Thank you, Lord. Settle us in wherever we might be and help us connect with you in a way that is transformative. We pray this in the holy name of Jesus. Everybody agreed and said.
0: Hey, Amen. Hey, man.
1: All right, so tonight is the fourth message in our series that we've done in December, our Christmas series called Lights of Christmas. We kicked it off with Lights of Hope, and then we went to Light of Peace. Last week was Light of Joy, and tonight is the Light of the World. The Light of the World.
0: You yeah. know, light is... Well, it's absolutely amazing, especially when you consider how fast it is, the speed of light. Now, our purpose tonight is not really to be a lesson in physics, but this is interesting. The speed of light in a vacuum is 186,282 miles per second. Now, I have no idea how they measure that, especially those last two miles per second, you know. That's pretty precise when you think about it, but that translates to 670 million miles per second per hour. We call that PHF, pretty honking fast, yeah, that's what we refer to that. If you could travel at the speed of light, you could go around the earth seven and a half times in one second. Think about that. Wow. It's just, in theory, nothing travels faster than the speed of light, wow.
1: Well, that information comes to you by way of space.com. And now Terry Pratchett, who was the author of a book, we want to quote him now. He would disagree with what Alan just said. He says, light thinks it travels faster than anything, but it's wrong. No matter how fast life travels, it finds the darkness has always gotten there first. And is waiting for it
0: interesting isn't it yeah darkness you know growing up (laughs) from the age of 12 on i had a paper route i got a morning paper everybody else in the neighborhood had evening but i had the wilmington morning news everybody remember that paper now it now that's the regular paper out when we used to have an evening journal but they had both and also they started a sunday paper so it was seven days a week my dad would get me up at about five 30, five dark 30 every day. And then when I went for that, no, I started with the Philadelphia Inquirer. I started selling the Philadelphia paper and that was seven days a week and then I moved to the New York, same situation. So I spent a lot of my days before school in the dark. Of course, some of my teachers would probably say I spent my time in school in the dark, but that's another story. (laughs) Now, um, and then uh, in college, I spent a lot of time uh, taking photographs. This is pre-digital though, so I spent a lot of my time in the dark room dark room, and no matter what time of day or night, it was dark in there. There's something about dark, though, that's always a little uneasy, a little apprehensive, sometimes even a little scary. Can I get an amen on that? Okay, good, I didn't think I was alone there, good.
1: So one time many years ago, when the kids were still little, actually it was when the girls were still little, Turner wasn't here yet, I don't think, we went to Philadelphia for the mummers Parade, and we, Aaron. Uh, you may not remember this, and okay, you do. That's good. Good All memory. Right. We had a great time. Later that day, as the sun was setting, we went to visit one of Allen's parishioners. We were remember we had like four churches. So but Turner us was born at the time. Oh, that's right. Turner was born. So That meant we had four kids mean? carting through this city.
0: On the subway. <laughs> On the
1: subway, we went to Temple Hospital to visit. Uh, one of Allen's parishioners on North Broad Street and that is really not one of the better parts of Philly and it was dark by that time like around seven o'clock on New Year's Day we took the subway to get um, closer and we got off about two blocks from the hospital (laughs) and we had to walk the rest of the way and oh my goodness that seemed like the longest time with those four little kids trying to get to that hospital. We did pray
0: hard. In the very dark, we hard. did pray
1: hard. You know, it probably would have felt uncomfortable in the daylight too, quite honestly, but not as bad as in the dark.
0: You know, throughout the scriptures, we have this contrast of darkness and light, with darkness and light, with light representing the presence of God. I mean, remember Moses, when he went on the mountain, he came down, he was like sunburned because he'd been in God's presence. And Jesus, when he went on the Mount of Transfiguration, he was glowing. You know, it's almost like supernatural, almost like radioactive light. And and then there's the darkness, the absence of, of God, so to speak. Like this verse from Proverbs, Proverbs 419. This is from the English Standard Version. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know Uh, over what they stumble. (laughs) They're stumbling around in the dark. There you go. Or how about from Isaiah? Isaiah 9, verse 2. Again, the uh, English Standard Version. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And the darkness there represents not going to visit a parishioner in Philly, but walking in where you shouldn't be, so to speak. And they've seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. In other words, the goodness of God.
1: And it's been like that since the very beginning. We shared on week one, as we said, this the light of hope when God first created. And things were a little dark. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. It's almost eerie,
0: isn't it, when you, when you read that? But, but then in the next three verses, everything changes. Genesis 1, 3 to 5. And God said, say with me, let, let there, there be, be light. light. And there was light. Now, with a word, God brought light about. Isn't that incredible? It's just a word. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, the darkness he called night, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. Wow. Good stuff.
1: So as we've been sharing about the lights of Christmas, we've primarily been in the books of Matthew and of Luke in the New Testament, in the gospel. And these books tell us all about Mary and Joseph and shepherds and wise men and The angels and manger and stars, they give us the who and the where and the when. Now John's gospel, the fourth book in the New Testament, on the other hand, gives us a symbolic insight into what this birth means, what it represents, how it changes everything, including your life, and mine. In the telling, in his telling, John mirrors what we found way back in Genesis in the beginning, and John uses these images of light and darkness to describe Jesus' entrance into the world. Check this out John 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God.
0: Now, word is the English translated from the Greek word logos, L-O-G-O-S. Dictionary.com tells us that on the one hand, logos means the rational principle that governs and develops the universe. We get our word like logistic and logic and logical and stuff like that from this Greek logos. So you can see that rational principle uh, in the universe. But theologically, when we focus that, the theologically focused definition, it tells us that this word, capital W, word, is divine and translates. I'm not going to say Jesus at this point. I'm going to tell you why. Because Jesus, the person, didn't come until now. I mean, the logos was there way back in Genesis 1, that second person of the Trinity. You think, isn't that Jesus? Yeah, that's Jesus when it comes into flesh. But before the flesh, We'll just say the second person of the Trinity, and we we'll call it the Word. And the Word had been there from the beginning. And this sounds like, an, well, I ran. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you know what, what? The Word was with God. Two separate persons, and the Word was God. Okay, so there's God the Father. Then there's the second person of the Trinity, both God, but still separate. It's confusing, but it, but it makes sense, doesn't it? When we talk about the Trinity, because the Holy Spirit's there too. In Him, the Word was. Life. And that was, that life was the light for all people. Everyone, everywhere. That's what the scripture tells us. All people, all people, all people. And it's the light of the word that shines in the darkness. The light of that second person of the Trinity, that light of the one that became Jesus this night, came into the flesh. The word in the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it. That light was so powerful. And then there's John 1, verse 14. This is, I love this from the message. The word became flesh and blood. You see that? The word was there, and then then Jesus. The word, flesh and blood, and we call him Jesus. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood, (laughs) right next door to you and me. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. That's <laughs> just cool.
1: So earlier this week on December 21st was the shortest day of 2021 solstice. in the Northern Hemisphere. So we had less than 10 hours of daylight on Tuesday. Since then, we've gotten a minute or two or three, a little bit more, a little bit more, and a little less darkness. But you know, for many of us, our darkness is not controlled by the movement of the sun. Our darkness is not controlled by the hours of daylight. Our darkness is an internal thing. It's an emotional thing. It's a psychological thing. It's a spiritual thing. Our darkness takes many, many forms. And sooner or later, I think that most of us experience darkness of one form or another. Sometimes that darkness is a result of loss. Actually, it's often the result of loss. Loss comes in many forms. The loss of a loved one the loss of a relationship, the loss of a job, the loss of our health, the loss of a dream, all kinds of losses. They could be uh, emotional, psychological, physical, spiritual. You can fill in the blank loss, especially in these last two years. Wow, there's been so much loss in so many you know, loss of even education, loss of—it's—it has been mind-boggling. This COVID-19 has brought about the loss of such flexibility and freedom in our lives. I am grateful that we can worship here tonight. I pray that we all stay healthy. We have all experienced loss, and it's been painful for me to watch and be a part of some of your losses. In the last couple of years, it's been very, very tough. Now we've had our own losses, and we know what it's like to live live in darkness. We don't really want to think about this, but Satan loves it when we're in darkness. Satan actually wants us to dwell in that darkness, to focus on the the death of all things, rather than on life and on goodness and on grace and what God is doing. For, versus what God hasn't done. That's where Satan wants us. He wants us to lose our connection with God. He wants us to be in this very, very dark place, this separation and the realization that our lives are are messed up and broken and we can't fix it no matter how hard we try. Mm.
0: That's why tonight's so important. (laughs) Because tonight we're reminded that, yes, we are broken, our lives are broken, and, and we can't fix them ourselves. But tonight we are also reminded that darkness is all around us. But we're also reminded that we don't have to stay in the dark. We don't have to live in the dark. We don't have to be consumed by the dark. Tonight we're reminded that even though we have loss in our lives, and as Gary said, I think every one of us sooner or later has some kind of loss. We all have loss in our lives, and we will continue to have loss in our lives. We don't have to allow those losses to determine and control who we are and what we are going to do and to be. On this night, this Christmas Eve night, we celebrate the Word becoming flesh, flesh and blood moving into the neighborhood. As Eugene Peterson paraphrases John 1, <coughs> excuse me, 4 through 5 in the message, what came into existence that night was life. And the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. Amen. Amen.
1: That's really good news. The darkness could not put it out. Out. we love how Peterson expresses this the life light blazed out of the darkness the darkness couldn't put it out Jesus is life Jesus is light and it is Jesus Jesus is the light for us to live by he and he alone is that life blazing light and nobody nobody can put it out Jesus is greater Jesus is greater. Oh, they tried. They tried to put it out. They tried to put him out. They tried some uh, 30 years after his birth. They tried to put him out by hanging him on a cross and didn't work. (laughs) He died and he was resurrected and he came back to life and he was victorious over the grave And the life light blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out.
0: In the eighth chapter of the same book of John that we've been looking at tonight, we read where Jesus is teaching at the temple when some of the religious leaders, the scribes and Pharisees, uh, they brought before him a woman who'd been caught in adultery. And they said that the law of Moses commanded that, that, that they should stone this woman, and stoning typically ended in death, the stone her to death, basically. Um, and they wanted to know what Jesus had to say about that. They, were really, they weren't really concerned with the woman. They were just using her in order to try to put Jesus on the spot and try to have him say something that would get him in trouble. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't know who they were dealing with, did they? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so anyway, Jesus bent down, and he was drawing in the dirt, and we don't know what he what he was drawing or writing. Or I read one time where somebody suggested maybe he was writing the sins of the guys who brought the woman out there. I think I love that one. I love that explanation, but that's that's extra biblical for sure. Anyway, um, they continued to confront him while he's writing. And he finally stood up. And and many of you are familiar with this story. He stood up, and he said, okay. Basically, he said, fine, stoner. So, he was following the law of Moses, right? Now, the one who is without sin, you're the one that should cast the first stone. (laughs) I love Jesus, don't you? (laughs) And, 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 And it says, when he did that, he he went back down and started drawing in the dirt again, and one by one they left, the oldest ones first. And, and, um, and then John 8, 10 to 12 says this. excuse me, Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. He wasn't giving her a blank ticket to do whatever she wanted. He wasn't even saying what you did was okay. He says, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to love you. And also to encourage you to to love yourself and to find a new way to go about your business. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, This is the, you know, you think, I don't think I've ever preached or we've ever preached a woman caught in adultery on Christmas Eve. (laughs) But here's why. The next line says this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life.
1: So this woman was in a pretty dark place. She had lost her dignity. She'd lost her morals. She almost lost her life. But the light of Christ pierced the darkness and brought relief and brought salvation. And Jesus reminded the people, both by his actions and by his words, that he, Jesus, is the light of the world. Whoever, whoever, follows him. That's not some, you, 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 but not you or not you. Whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life.
0: Hmm. So our question for you here this evening, those both here and everyone out there, wherever you, wherever you might be tonight, where's the darkness in your life? Where is it that you're experiencing loss? one type or another? Where is it that you need a little light in your life? Uh, Maybe it's not quite as serious as the woman in John 8, but on the other hand, maybe it is. Maybe even more serious. Where is it you need the light life of Jesus in your life this Christmas Eve? No matter how dark things seem, no matter how dark they appear, the light of Christ can pierce that darkness. The light of Christ can bring hope, can bring peace, bring joy. Whoever follows him will walk not in darkness but will have the light of life. If you're already following him, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Yeah, keep up the good work. Keep following. If you're not following Jesus, you've got a simple question. What are you waiting for? <laughs> What are you waiting for? It doesn't make sense. You know, tonight we celebrate Jesus' birthday, right? It'd be great. We, we all to sing happy birthday, but I won't, I won't make you listen to that. And, and, and it could be your birthday too. It could be your spiritual birthday. You, know, you have one birthday where you come out of the womb. You have a, another birthday where you come to Christ. Yeah, spiritual birthday. Tonight's tonight. Open yourself up. Invite Jesus into your life. If you already have a relationship with him, you know, it's important to keep inviting. Them. Every morning, it's a new day, and keep on inviting. Keep inviting in your heart every day of your life to bring light into that darkness, to, to bring life into your world. Yeah. You know, that's the good news we celebrate tonight, isn't it? That's the good news. This special night, this silent night, this holy night, this night when Christ was born. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Most holy God. Wow. Yeah, I love tonight. Life light came to cut into the darkness. Cut into the darkness. And thanks to Christ, we don't ever have to walk in the dark again like that woman in John 8 not here to condemn, but to love, to save, to allow us to realize all the good things that God our Father has for us. Lord, I, um, I would just ask that you would open hearts tonight. Those who, who don't know have a relationship with Jesus Christ uh, tonight, the night, to uh, bring light into that darkness and in Christ to take residence in their heart. And for those who, who know Christ and have been walking with Him, just a renewed sense of, of life, celebrating who Christ is and what He does. The life light comes into the world. We just celebrate and we are just so joyful. Thank you, Lord, on this, on this silent night. Please, please help us to just be open what you have in store. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Everyone gathered at Connection said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.